from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. And welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. We are on Sirius XM Channel 111, and I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and I am here today with Dion Simpkins and Patty Hall, who are running the ship and are going to make this show awesome, as always. Hey, if you're tuning in and it's noon on Thursday, Eastern Time, we are taking your calls live throughout the hour, one eight four four wharton That's 844-942-7866. So if you've got a career question, we would love to hear from you. So it's fall. It's time for a change. Have you ever sat at your desk or in your car and thought, God, there's got to be something better than this. In the U.S., we spend about 1,800 hours at work each year, not including the time spent thinking about work, commuting to work, or plain old recovering from work. More than 50% of workers are unhappy in their job, and it costs billions of dollars every year in absenteeism, litigation, lost productivity, but most importantly, in, in stress-related illnesses for the, the people who are stressed in their jobs. So I'm super excited today. We have William Aruda, who might big fan of. And he is here with us today. He is a personal branding pioneer, best-selling author, and motivational speaker. And his company, Reach, is personal branding's global leader with consultants in 41 countries. William has been featured on the BBC, the Discovery Channel, NPR, and Fox News, and in Time, an entrepreneur. And he's the author of Ditch, Dare, Do, and Career Distinction, and writes regular columns on personal branding for Forbes. Welcome to Career Talk, William. Uh, thrilled to be here, Don. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so excited to have you. And I know um, one of the things in your new book, Ditch Dare Do, is is you talk about how people can be incredibly happy at work. And just looking at that tagline, I'm like, ah, oh, everybody needs to get this book. So tell us a little bit about it. Well, you know, uh, we spend most of our waking hours at work. And so if you if you think about that, it's really sad if you're not enjoying life and enjoying your job. So uh, when we wrote Ditch Dare Do, we not only wanted to help people be successful, but we wanted to help them use the things that energize them and get them excited and add joy to their life and find a way to connect that with what they do, even if what they do is not exactly the thing that brings them the most joy. What I love about the book is it's very practical in nature. And on Career Talk, we try and give very practical tips, things that you can like implement today. So, hey, if you're listening and you know it's time for a change, but you have no idea what you even want to do or even how to begin to explore taking that next step, we want to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight four four wharton That's 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, we are live taking your calls throughout the hour. So, um, so William, you, you must be happy in your job. How, how did you come come about being um, the pioneer in branding? Well, you know, I, I will tell you, I actually loved, I was working in the corporate world. I loved my job. I was uh, doing branding for IBM. Uh, had the coolest job on the planet. I thought that's where I'd spend the rest of my life. And then in 1997, I read an article by Tom Peters called The Brand Called You. And in it, he talked about how in the future, for us to be successful, we all need to uh, use branding and, and essentially the same techniques that companies use to stand out and attract customers so that we can be successful. And 
that day in my head, I said, I am going to start the first ever personal branding company and uh, the rest is history. And there you are. And (laughs) you've had tons and tons of success in this field. And, you know, I know the concept of branding is a little bit foreign to a lot of people. They're thinking, yeah, companies have brands or maybe you have your own business and you need a brand. But why the heck do I need a brand as an individual? And especially if maybe I'm not in a job search right now, um, why, why would I need to even think about a personal brand? Well, you know, the interesting thing about branding, and, and I think I have to tell you, I think branding has a, a, a little bit of an image problem because a lot of people think branding is about creating a false image to try to convince someone of something that's not true. Uh, but in fact, the most successful branding in the world is based in authenticity. It's who you really are and using that to be successful. So uh, Apple owns innovation because they make innovative products. We wouldn't think innovation when we think Apple. And it's the same for you. You need to really understand what is it that separates you from everyone else? What is it that makes people excited about you um, so that you can be successful? And if, if you're happy where you are right now, my guess is you probably want to get a great raise or you want to get promoted or uh, you want the recognition and acknowledgement of your peers And by building a brand, you're able to stand out from everyone else who does what you do and attract that kind of attention and and get those kinds of raises and promotions. And yeah, and who you are, your brand, your reputation is going to play into that. Hey, if you're just tuning in and you are ready for a change or you're sick of your job and you're thinking, gosh, I got to get out of here, I got to do something else, but don't know where to start exploring, or maybe you've been out of the workforce for a number of years for whatever reason and you're thinking, I really want to get back in, but I don't even know how to dive in. We want to hear from you today. We're taking your calls at one eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. And we are here with William Maruta, who is a pioneer in personal branding, talking about how you can be happier at work. So, so if you are in a job search. I'm thinking nowadays brand is not optional. You really need to be thinking about this to get the best opportunities. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, that's absolutely true. There are 11 qualified candidates for every open position. Wow. So that's scary, right? <laughs> and so and, and with- the, the fact is a lot of people who are applying probably are not even in that 11. They're not very qualified, but maybe they still get the interview. So now you're competing with people who not only have the qualifications, but, you know, you don't. <laughs> Exactly. And, 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 you know, just meeting the qualifications is not enough because everyone else is meeting those qualifications, too. What, what's going to tip the scales in favor of you over others is when you offer something that is both unique and valuable. And, and that's where branding comes in, because branding is all about introspection and figuring out who you are and what's important to you and what makes you great. And then using that as a way to stand out from all these other people who also could do the same job. And I like in your book, and I, I wanna, I'm going to hold off on talking about this. I'm just going to do a little teaser. You ha- In chapter three, I think it's called Be Incomparable. And I love that because the fact is a lot of people do probably what you do. So what makes you unique? What makes you different? But I'm going to come back to that because I think a lot of people struggle with I don't know how I'm different from the other project managers or I don't know how I'm different from from the other people who do this work. And and I know you've got some some great strategies for people to figure that out. But before we get to that, um, I want to talk about this, you know, nine minutes a day can change your life. I mean, nine minutes, nine minutes. That's not very much time. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I have to tell you, I, I, I the nine minute thing has got so much press and and. Uh, 
a lot of excitement from people more than I even expected. And, and I came to that, you know, it seems, it, it seems that everything I'm going to tell you today came to me by accident, like <laughs> reading the brand called you. And um, the nine minute thing actually came to me because LinkedIn um, did some research with, with their members. And they said, how much time do you think you need to spend building your brand every day? And, and people th- thought they need to spend an hour. And I don't know about you, but at the end of my day, I don't say, hmm, what am I going to do with this extra hour? No. Right? Um, and, and since none of us have it, right, we don't spend that time. But but in fact, and I, I won't tell you how I got there because it was a big, long, convoluted process. But uh, what I determined is that if you spend nine minutes a day building your brand, it is like spending, if you do this every day, it's like spending two full weeks a year on the brand called you. And so that's a, a really powerful way to invest in yourself without it feeling onerous and, and one more thing on the do list that you're, you're stressed about getting to. So nine minutes a day, that's that's practically nothing. But people are out there listening saying, I've got nine minutes, but I don't even know what to do. So let's let's take a step back because... What I want to talk about is um, first, before you even build your brand, you have to figure out what is your brand and what makes you different, and then you can use those nine minutes. So, so let's talk a little bit about this idea of being incomparable. How do you figure out what makes you different than the other people who do the role that you do? Well, you know, you, you need to start with um, three different areas. The, the first is authenticity. It's figuring out what's important to you, uh, what your values are, what your strengths are, uh, the things that that are just part of who you are, right? Um, Often your strengths are the things that you do so well and so easily that you don't even acknowledge yourself for it. Um, That's the authenticity piece. The second piece you need to think about is you really need to look at everyone else who does what you do. And they might be the people in your organization and, and people who do what you do in other organizations. And you have to think about what do you have in common with them and then more importantly, uh, what do you have that they don't have? Um, and then the third element that you need to do some introspection on is the people who are making decisions about you, your target audience. Um, who are they and what do they find valuable? And, and really your brand sits at the intersection of those three things, your authenticity, who you are, your differentiation, what sets you apart, and the things that make you relevant and compelling to decision makers. So if you're just tuning in, we are here with branding expert William Arruda on Career Talk, and we are talking about how you can be happier at work. And right now we're talking about how you can really identify what makes you unique and what identify your brand. But if you are ready for a change, if you're like, I cannot spend another day doing this job, we want to hear from you. We're here live on Thursdays, one eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Or maybe you've made um, a pretty big switch in your career and you're you're infinitely happier. We'd love to hear those stories too at eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So in that chapter three, you, you talk about the um, what people are known for is kind of how I say it, William. So so are you known as the fixer, the person who can can make anything better? You known as the the organizer, the person who can go in and, and create efficiency out of out of a mess. Can you talk a little bit about those those different maybe I guess their their personalities maybe? Because um, I think this is a great way for people to start to boil down what makes me different. Yeah, you, you know I, I I think that there are everybody has a brand worthy of remark. They everyone has something unique and valuable to offer. 
the challenge in the branding process is, uh, you know, what is that? What is it about me um, that I bring to every project that without me, it would be missing? And, and I think that's a really good question to ask yourself. And, and what you do, you start to recognize that, oh, my gosh, I always bring the creativity or the strategic thinking or the practicality or, uh, you know, I'm the person who keeps the whole team together. I'm the glue. And, and when you start to really think about every single thing that you do and every job that you've held and you start looking for that common element, you will find, you know, whether you're the fixer or the juggler or the creator um, uh, or the innovator, and, and, and you will start to see not only that that's part of who you are, but you start to see how that delivers value. And when you can start talking about that in terms of the value it delivers for others, right? So you being incredibly innovative, um, what does that bring to others and, and how does that add value to, to the role that you have? Um, and that's when you start thinking about yourself as a brand. And, and the more you do that thing, the more you become known for it, and that becomes your reputation. Reputation is just another word for brand. So I'm going to give listeners a little assignment here. Um, This is one of the best ways that I know to start figuring out what you're known for, is to think about people... um, in your personal life, so maybe friends or family, think about people at work, so colleagues, and then, um, you know, maybe you have clients or there's a, there's a third realm that you have. But send an email to people from those different areas and ask, what am I known for? I have done this and I've gotten back some interesting responses, William. I mean, some of the things I'm like, yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then some of the things I hadn't even seen before. And I thought, wow, this is a great way for me to start to look in themes and patterns. Because I think when people introspect, they say, okay, this is what I think I'm known for. But you really have to validate that with people around you. You can't, you know, the brand is the overlap of how you see yourself and how others experience you. So uh, Brilliantly put, Don. That That's exactly it. It, it. it can't be all introspection. Uh, because you might think that you're delivering confidence, but other people are experiencing arrogance. Or you think you're flexible and open-minded, but other people see that as indecisive, can't make a decision. So so you really need to validate all of that introspection and, and your own self-belief with feedback from other people. And it needs to be candid feedback so that uh, you can take action as a result. And, and that feedback could either validate what you know about yourself or it could, as, as you said, right, you could learn something new about yourself based on the feedback of others, and that could forever change the course of your uh, career. So if you are unhappy at work or you feel stuck, you have tuned in at the right time. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we're here with William Ruda talking about how you can be happier at work or maybe you can't be happier at work, so you need to move and find something new, but you're not sure where to start. We are here to help you at one eight four four wharton That's 844-942-7866. So let's talk a little bit, William, about why, why do people stay in jobs they hate? Why do the people do this? Yeah, well, you know, I think that uh, one uh, reason is that um, you don't know what you're going to get if you leave, right? And so uh, I've been able to put up with it for so many years. Uh, Maybe it's easier for me to stay with the misery that I understand um, rather than move on to something that could be even more miserable. Um, And I also think there's a fear associated with leaving uh, a job that seems somewhat secure, even though we know today jobs are not secure. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's a lot of things that you know that, that make us kind of not take that step outside of our comfort zone. 
and and pursue something that might be more rewarding or fulfilling. So it's it's kind of the devil you know is is one thing, and that that fear. I know um, I had a client who was at a company for a very long time and had achieved you know pretty high status in the company, but really was terrified about leaving because he thought, well, I know how to operate in this company and I know that I'm respected and, you know, even though I don't like it here anymore, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to get that somewhere else. So so what do I do? You know, yeah, it's, I, <laughs> that's a tough one. I, it, it really is a tough one. And, and you know, uh, there is no guarantee that that next role is going to be better or, or provide more opportunity um, and, you know, th- there's going to be work in, in building that brand in this new place where maybe you've already established a brand uh, where you are. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's understandable that, that there's a little bit of trepidation in, in taking that step. Um, and I will say that if you're, if you're willing to take a risk uh, and, and you think that that risk is going to help you be more fulfilled, then, it, 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 you know, with the amount of time we spend working every day, I highly <laughs> recommend taking that risk. You know, one of the things I've suggested to clients before, and I think I would I would stand by this, is if you're not happy in your job, go and interview. Go out there, check out what's out there because I find that a lot of times there is there's great things out there and you realize that, hey, I can do these things and that fear dissipates. But I also find that some people say, you know what, the grass isn't greener. I had this image because my my friends were telling me how much they love their jobs and all this, but I realized that, wow, I've got great benefits here. I've got great coworkers or I've got a flexible schedule that I wouldn't get somewhere else. And I feel like if you're not sure, if you're unhappy and you're not sure if making a move is the right for you, I would say get out there, put your resume out there, talk to people, go on interviews, see if the grass is greener because you may discover it just isn't. So <laughs> that's one of the tips I have for listeners today. But hey, have you done that? Have you taken a risk and landed in a new job that you love? We'd love to hear your story at one eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. We are here with William Aruda today talking about how to be happier at work. So there's a lot of reasons people stay in a job that they hate. So uh, finance is one of them too, William. So people are afraid I'm not going to be able to make this kind of money. What are your thoughts on on staying? in a job because it's financially lucrative yeah you know um i mean i certainly understand um not wanting to take a financial risk and in fact i'll tell you i was uh when i left my job finally with ibm i was uh, an expat living in paris um so they were paying my salary and my apartment and my meals and my business class tickets to the u.s I, I, I had more money than I than I ever had before, and I left it to start my own company. And I pretty much had no clients and no revenue, and um, and I went from you know probably the the most income I had ever earned to the least income I'd ever earned in in, in a day. And um, I will tell you, it's the best move I have, I've ever made. Right, so. Uh, you know, it's super hard to, to, to make those kind of choices when you know that uh, obviously money is, is pretty helpful to making uh, life happen, right, and paying rent and, and doing the things that you need to do. Um, but I, I, I always believe that if people are, are following their passion, that they're going to be able to make more money. Um, and we also know, and you probably know this from surveys, right, that um, – People actually put happiness ahead of money when it comes to their careers. So 
uh, I think you really need to weigh everything um, that's going on, not just look exclusively at the income. So let's talk a little bit now about um, how do you figure out what you even want to do? So you know you're not getting fulfilled in your current role anymore, and I know that I know what I don't want, but I have no idea what I do want. What, how do you even begin to tackle that puzzle, William? Yeah, well, you know, one exercise that I work uh, I work on with my clients that's really powerful is is every every week at the end of the week uh, for you to document all of your accomplishments and and so just think of everything that you've done and and this is a really hard thing for us to do because we're, we're such doers that we never take the time to sit back and say you know what did I really accomplish this week because we're just looking at the things on our list that we haven't accomplished yet. And, and so if you take that, uh, that time uh, to document those accomplishments, um, then what you want to do is look at each of the accomplishments and ask yourself, um, did this give me energy? Did this drain my energy? Or was it kind of neutral? And if you do this over a period of time, you're going to start to see where those core things that start to bring you energy start to congeal. And you'll say, wow, these are things that I'm, I'm good at. I do them. I accomplish them a lot. And they bring me energy. And, and when you start to do that and you start to look at what those characteristics are, you can start to say, okay, now what jobs actually require that I do a lot of this kind of thing? Uh, where are the opportunities that allow me to use my strengths, that allow me to use things that do energize me? And, and you can start to, to come up with you know, this kind of short list and prioritization of, of the things that might be great for you, a great fit where you're going to love doing it and you're going to be great at it. And, and so, again, this takes time and it takes the willingness to do that introspection and to, to actually get in touch with your feelings about the work that you're doing every day. I think that's really important. I love the idea of follow your energy. Follow your energy because your energy is not going to lie to you. That that feeling of, wow, I love doing this. And then if you're you're putting it out there to your to your colleagues or to your family about what am I known for, chances are they're going to come back and the things they're going to say to you are probably where you're currently putting your energy. So I think the answers are often closer than we think. One of the pieces of advice William, that I will tell you I am not a fan of is go discover your passion. You have to find your passion, your calling. And, and um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you know what? So I, I think that it, we put a lot of pressure on people for them to find the one thing that they, they've always wanted to do. And uh, and I think that's a, a really hard question. I, I think it's easier just to take, think in terms of um, the kinds of things that you prefer to the kinds of things that you don't like to do. Uh, and also with regard to passion is I don't think that we need to do what our passion is, but I think we do need to find a connection between the things that we're passionate about and the work that we do. And I'll give you an example. I, I worked with this uh, a very senior executive. Uh, he was an accountant. Uh, in, in fact, he was the CFO of a, a large organization. And that was his work, and that's how he earned his income. And his passion, what he really loved to do, was cooking. He, he was an amateur chef, and he loved to, uh, you know, come up with his own recipes. And he watched every cooking show, and he just, you know, he had every cooking utensil they sold. That was that was what he was passionate about. And he said, you know, William, I'm not going to leave my my big CFO job um, to go become an amateur chef. 
somewhere. But but you know what he did do, and I give him a lot of credit for doing this. He said, "This is something that brings me joy. It is something that I love to do." Um, and so, and and the other thing, by the way, when he did a uh, an analysis of what other people thought of him, the number one thing that came up was that he's collaborative. Mm-hmm. And so, he combined these two things. He said, um, "I'm going to combine my my need to collaborate and my." passion for cooking, and I'm going to connect it to work. And, and what he did was he started inviting his team to his house for quarterly meetings, and he would teach them all one of his favorite new recipes. They would all work on it together, and then they'd sit around the dining room table, and they would solve a, a team problem that they were having. And what he found was that he started liking his work more, even though his work didn't really change. Um, he had a better relationship with his team. And, and his team started really looking forward to these, such that everyone wanted to know the whole year's calendar so that they could cross off uh, those dates and be able to participate. So, you know, we don't have to do what we love, but we do have to give ourselves permission to bring what we love to what we do. Mm-hmm. And I think th- I think there is a piece of when people do follow their passion. So if this person took their CEO or CFO job and threw it out the window and became a chef. Sometimes what you're what you're passionate about isn't as exciting when you're doing it to earn a paycheck. So I, I really agree with you. That advice puts a lot of pressure on people. And I would just say, you know what? You just have to figure out what's next. You don't have to figure out what's forever. So we are taking our calls live. It's Thursday at noon and we're at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Lisa in Philadelphia. Lisa, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi. Um, I'm just calling. So I heard you were talking before about taking a risk and sort of trying a new kind of career, even if you're not really sure if it's a direction you want to go. Yes. Um, so just recently, I sort of, you know, I tried something new. I put my resume in for a job I wasn't sure if I was qualified for. But um it's actually it's worth it to sort of take that risk and try to rebrand yourself in that way. Um, I went in and I'm really enjoying it. And I got the job, so um, yeah, I just think that was good advice. Well, congratulations, Lisa. That's exciting. So I I love the idea of taking a risk, and I appreciate you calling in with that because I think that step is the one that is hardest for people to get over is that taking mm-hmm. the risk. And here's the thing, Lisa. Maybe you wouldn't have gotten the job, but if you hadn't taken that step, you never would have known. So congratulations. We're excited for you. Thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We love those positive stories. And if you have one you want to share, we would love to hear from you at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So, um, William, there's a lot of things I still want to talk about. I want to get to LinkedIn and branding um, on LinkedIn and how you do that. But right now, we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz? There's a quiz? So in the past 20 years, employers nationwide have seen a threefold increase in this from 20% in 1996 to 60% in 2016. And this has positively impacted employer retention, according to the research out there. So if you think you know, give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So I'll read it one more time. In the past 20 years, employers nationwide have seen a threefold increase in this, and it's positively impacted employer retention, according to the research. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not like everybody else. Welcome back to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with branding pioneer William Aruda talking about how you can be happier at work. William is the author of Ditch, Dare, Do, which if you're looking to be happier at work, I suggest that you get. So, William, we're talking about a lot of things, and, and we have a lot of things to get to, but the phone lines are running off the hook. So I want to dive right into Sergio. Sergio, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hey, doctor. I'm uh, thrilled to be on the show with you. Well, we appreciate your calling. What's on your mind today, Sergio? Well, I actually, uh, I retired from the military uh, back in 2008 after 24 years. And, uh, you know, it was tough for me to make a transition from being a soldier to being in the civilian world and finding out what it is that I wanted to do. And I didn't know what my passion was, but, uh, you know, I experimented with different job opportunities. And uh, now I'm, I'm working in the sales profession. And I, I really love it, but um, something that uh, prompted me to call is because, you know, I, I feel like when you make a career change, you really have to do it in, you know, from a position of strength. And in other words, if you're ever forced to, you know, have to jump from one job to another, you know, then you really don't have much say-so in <laughs> your career uh, because sometimes just out of necessity, you'll take the first thing that comes along. But if you're in a good position of strength, it really does give you the opportunity to explore more options and find out exactly what it is that, that suits your skill level. So, Sergio, first off, thank you for your service. Um, we very much appreciate it. I'm very excited that you called because you bring up a great point. Um, and, William, you've been kind of alluding to this earlier as well. Like a lot of um, the, the things that – happened in your career, you kind of tripped over and tripped into, and in some cases were accidental. I know most of it was probably extremely intentional, but sometimes when you get when you get uh, laid off or you know something happens in your career where you think, wow, this is the worst thing ever, the best things happen out of that. I can tell you from personal experience, when Arthur Anderson happened with the Enron thing, I was with them, and you know some of the best things came out of that. But to Sergio's point, Sergio, when you don't have to be forced to do something, it does take a lot of courage to step forward and say, I'm going to intentionally make a change. And the fact that you've done that and you sound happy, you sound energetic, you sound enthusiastic, um, I think that's a great thing. And I'm so glad you brought up that point today on Career Talk because it is a hard thing to do. And your story, no doubt, is inspiring a lot of people to think about doing that as well. Sergio, thank you so much. Congratulations on finding something that you love. So, so William, what is your thought on that? What do you, what do you, um, that idea of like if you're forced into it, that can turn out to great things. But if you're you're not forced into it, you can tend to stay in a bad situation for a long time. You absolutely can, and and um, uh, so so bravo as well, Sergio. I, I think it's, it's great, and I, I my guess is you're really good at sales. Um, so. Here's the thing, you know, I think that most of the time we go through life and we don't question things. And I think it's in that questioning is, is where the, the energy and the fuel that you need to, to move forward. And I'll tell you, you know, if, if I read that article in Fast Company magazine and I didn't, I, and if I didn't take a step back and say, hmm, not only is this interesting, but hmm, what does this mean for me and, and how could this be of value, right? So if, if we're open 
the opportunities and, and we listen, we're, we're often going to get some of that fuel that we need to be able to, to, to take that leap. Mm-hmm. And we're going to say, oh, my gosh, this, this could be amazing. And maybe I am willing to take this risk that's going to help me uh, really change my career in a very positive way. So sometimes just paying attention. And sometimes we, we create this path and we're so myopic of, I've got to do this, i got to do this. That these great opportunities come across and we completely miss them. So, Sergio, thank you for my, for reminding people of that very important point. You're listening to Career Talk. We're taking your calls throughout the hour at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are going to go answer the pre-break quiz. And Dion has the answer this time. I'm, I'm sure of it. So in the past 20 years, employers nationwide have seen a threefold increase in this from 20% in 1996 to 60% in 2016. And this has positively impacted employer retention, according to the research. But before I go to you, Dion, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Jerry in Pittsburgh a, a chance to answer the question. And, and Dion's already jumping the gun. He's already World like, he, he's, he's already saying you're right. But Jerry, we don't know yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm putting, putting my uh, thinking cap on. I'm going to say, you say 20 years. Uh, would that be around the time with the 401ks? It is not 401ks, but I will tell you, Dion's original answer was, was salaries because he missed the, the threefold point. So you were, <laughs> were along the lines of that. But we appreciate you calling yeah. Career Talk and, and posing an answer. This is the most fun part of the show for us. So go on, Dion. Tell us the answer. I'm going to say employee office space. Office space. Um, no. (laughs) 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 Patty, come on, Patty. Bring it home. Oh, man. Um, The last 20 years. Think about what's been happening in the last 20 years. Threefold increase. Mm Mm-hmm. And I call this a happiness hack. This can make your job infinitely better. Vacation time? Nope. Not Uh, vacation time. Not vacation. William, I'm going to... I'm going to throw it to you. What do you think? <laughs> well, I, I have to say, I, I love this whole part of the show. And I, I, <laughs> I, love it. I, I was going to say um, uh, either the flexible work environment or, or kind of virtual working, things like that. And that is why William is the expert. Um, <laughs> in the past 20 years, employers nationwide have seen a threefold increase in telecommuting or working from home. And this has positively impacted employer retention. So more employers are seeing this as a relatively inexpensive perk that improves work-life balance. And 95% of employers report that um, the ability to telework has significantly impacted employee retention and a lot of other things. So it's this idea of, all right, I don't have to deal with this rush hour today. Um, So telework, in my opinion, is a happiness hack. If you are dealing with a crazy commute and that's the part of your job that's really dragging you down, maybe you keep missing the family dinner, maybe you can talk to your manager about telecommuting one day a week and that will change everything. Who knows? So we're going to go ahead to Jill in Indiana. Jill, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi. Hey, I, I'm so glad to be able to talk, talk with you. And I, my question is, what do you tell um, parents or even students that are in high school how to be, you know, how, to, how do you guide them in what they should be doing with their life? Because here they are, they're graduating from high school, and then it's like, okay, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And it's like you've got to make that decision, like, right now. And I think 
you know, I don't know how to guide people when they ask me, you know, how do you find out what you want to do? So, Jill, this is a great question. I'm, I'm thinking back to my teen years and that, that idea of I'm not even going to college because I'm, I'm going to be, you know, a rock and roll star. And that, that's what, you know, years later, fast forward, life didn't turn out that way, but it's even better. But, William, what do you, what do you say? What do you, what do you, like, teenagers are being forced to say, I want to go to this school and major in this, and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. But the, the real world isn't like that. It, it isn't. And you know what? I think there are, there's a small subset of people who they know what they want to do. They've always known that they've wanted to do it from a very young age, and, and they're just directed, and they're going to pursue that. And, and other people, they aren't sure. And, and I actually think there's too much pressure on, on people at a younger and younger age to make that decision before they really have had the opportunities that will help them uh, kind of refine their thinking and, and choose something that's going to be valuable for them. So my suggestion is to be less concerned about, um, you know, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to be an engineer or I'm going to be a project manager or I'm going to be a computer scientist or whatever it is. And, and, and think more about the things that you like to do and find opportunities to do that. Uh, the, the days of having one career and, and keeping on that same path for your entire 40 or, or 50 years of, of working uh, th- those days have gone. And, I, you know, I started out, I was working for a, a big four accounting firm, and then I moved into a technology company, and then I moved into marketing and branding, and I became an entrepreneur and started my own company. And, I'm, uh, you know, there's still some changes ahead. And so I think if we um, take some of the pressure off and, and don't say, oh, I have to choose this career that I'm going to pursue right now, and just be open to opportunities and, and know that we have a lot more flexibility in that path, Uh, it's going to take all that pressure off and it's going to make it easier to actually find those things that you want to do. I completely agree with you, William. And I think being exposed to as much as you can be is something that really helps people figure out what they want to do because you can certainly take assessments and, and, you know, make pro-con lists and all that stuff, but not until you really do something can you feel that energy of, of that's drawing you towards it. It's it's something that I think you really do have to feel. And as somebody who is a teenager, um, the more experiences they can have, the more interactions with people, the bigger their network, the, the more different classes or volunteer opportunities that they can be involved in or even part-time jobs – the more they're going to start to be drawn towards something. And I think that's what really makes people grasp what they want to do next. And I'm going to stress that, Jill, what they want to do next. Because as William pointed out, it, it, your teens are going to have number of jobs throughout their lifetime. That is the complete norm today. And the coolest thing I've heard is that, you know, students who are graduating from college right now um, are going to retire from jobs that don't even exist today. And that's, I mean, so there's no way you can really plan for that. But great question. Um, Jill, I'm really appreciative of you calling Career Talk. Hey, if you want to join us, we're at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. But Jill has inspired me to do another Career Talk favorite, True Confessions. So William, when you were a teenager, what do you think, what did you think you wanted to do? Oh, that's a, that's a really great question. You know what? Well, you know what? I'll tell you. I'm going I'm to just turn that question around a little bit. This is how disconnected I was when I was a teenager from the things that I really did love to do. So I was a, I was a kid, and I collected TV ads. And in fact, I had the largest collection of uh, TV advertisements anywhere, and I, I still have you know amazing ones from the 70s and 80s and 90s. And 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 yet, you know what? I went to school for 
What? Engineering. Engineering. (laughs) Because a guidance counselor told me that there's going to be lots of jobs in engineering when you get out. And and so I thought, oh, I better pursue this thing in engineering. And, And that's what I did. And Somehow, ultimately, right, I got around to marketing and branding in a, in a really kind of circuitous route, um, but I ended up there. Um, but, I, but I was a little bit disconnected from the things that, that actually, you know, I, I didn't realize maybe I should go get a job in, in, in advertising and marketing. So, um, so I guess I was so uh, undirected that I, <laughs> that I, I, I found my path in, in a really long, unplanned route. You know, that's, and that's not unusual. Um, Dion, you knew I was coming to you. Dion, what did you want to be when you were a teenager? I think we had the same guidance counselor. <laughs> my guidance counselor told me engineering. Like we, we, we had to write a paper on what, we, on what we wanted to do for our career, and I had no idea. He told me engineering. I wrote like a 10-page paper on it, and I'm in radio now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, Patty, come on. We we need to know what you wanted to be when you were a teenager. So when, when you were a teenager, what was your dream job? My dream job was uh, I wanted to be a, a, a an investigative reporter. Ooh. I wanted to fly all around the world breaking stories um, like Christiane Amanpour or something, <laughs> although I don't think she was around when I was a kid. But um and um and I'm here. Here at, you are at business radio, um, not breaking stories, but <laughs> hey, but I beg getting, to differ. But we're getting breaking great stories. career advice <laughs> from <laughs> guests like William. <laughs> so we're gonna go to Gina in New York. Gina, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Yes, hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. I'm in transition. Uh, I've been laid off for three years. But I've occupied myself. I um, participate as a library trustee. I've worked with a couple of startup companies, um, helping them with their marketing, worked for the government seasonally at night. And now I'm seriously looking to get back into my field, which was I was an IT manager. And so I just need to rebrand myself. So your program today is a great one for me to listen to. Oh, perfect. I'm glad you caught it. So, so Gina, so you um, were laid off and then you've been in transition. So you've been doing um, some consulting, some volunteering. What is it you're, you're looking to specifically do? What, what type of job are you after? Um, I would like to, to still get into the, uh, I would say, management and me experiencing uh, my experiences with the library. I did, I'm, I'm doing a um, ML. I guess, um, another, another master's degree. Okay. So I enjoy working with information. I enjoy leading and organizing and just telling people what to do. I'm very good at that. <laughs> You're very good so. at telling people what to do. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You're not shy about it either. So, so William, when, you, when you're, you're listening to Gina and the different things that she's done, you know, what advice do you have for her for kind of taking these, these um, different aspects and, and pulling them together into a, an aligned brand? Yeah, well, so first of all, Gina, you're doing all the, all the right things. Uh, you're, you're not um, your full-time job is not looking for a job. You, you are volunteering. You're, you're contributing. You have a lot of great things to be able to talk about in interviews, which is great. You're also pursuing um, an, another degree, which is going to make you that much more valuable and differentiated. 
in in the pack. The, and and so so I, I think what you need to do is is really take a look at at all these different things, including the new degree and the things that you've learned since you were laid off, and and the things that you did best before, and 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 merge those into a statement that really talks about the value you deliver for others because of this um, experience and education that you have, right? And we always need to be thinking in terms of how do I deliver value to people who are making decisions about me? Um, What I will say is, is, and you probably know the statistic, that 72% of jobs are filled through some kind of connection. So the the one thing, place you might want to put your energy is in um, pursuing warm leads. And if you don't have enough warm leads, um, start creating warm leads through the work that you're doing in volunteering and in school. Um, connect with more and more people so that you can let people know once you have that statement, right, about what you're looking for, uh, and you can clearly and succinctly say that, um, then make sure everyone else knows about that, and, and that will help you find that next job. So, William, I like this. And, I, and, and Gina, um, thank you for, for calling, because I'm going to use you as a little, a little example of what we talked about earlier. William, how can Gina use her nine minutes a day to um, to do exactly what you're talking about, like like find warm leads and put her brand out there. Yeah, so so some of the nine minutes I would use in in really great getting a clear uh, one sentence statement about how you deliver value. Right, I use my this strength, that strength, passion for whatever to do X for uh, the people that you want to do it for. So think in terms of a phrase like that. Because the more clear and succinct you can be, the easier it's going to be for other people to carry that message on your behalf. Um, The other thing that you want to be doing with your nine minutes is reconnecting with old networking contacts that that you've lost touch with, people maybe at your former company and at companies before that, and and start reconnecting and rebuilding the bridges to those folks and, and just letting them know what it is you're interested in. And then starting to build new bridges to new folks, both in the real world and in the virtual world. So um, who are the kinds of people you'd like to have in your network? And then each day, right, spend nine minutes um, just thinking about that or or reaching out to people, uh, connecting in LinkedIn groups, uh, attending professional association meetings where you are. Uh, whatever it is that's going to give you that opportunity to build as many warm leads as possible. Gina, are you on LinkedIn Oh, yes, I am. As a matter of fact, I, I've been on LinkedIn since, uh, even before I got laid off. I was on LinkedIn, and I also was participating in a launch pad that is here in Nassau County. So I try to stay plugged in, but when I, um, I worked for the government seasonally at night, so that kind of knocked me off, you know, the, the target pretty much, you know, as far as my networking. Um, so that is, you know, that is always, I do that like half of the year, six months out of the year. So usually during the fall, I'm able to plug back in, you know, into my networking and attending functions. And I do attend conferences. So even in the library world, um, I plug into their conferences because one of the startups that I participate in, I've done, um, demonstrations for their products at some of these conferences which I enjoyed doing as well. So I got to, you know, collaborate with uh, some of the other vendors and parties in that in that space. 
So, Gina, you are doing all of the right things. I mean, you are just you're an example. You're you're going to conferences. You're you're going back to school. You're um, doing volunteer. You're doing all this stuff. So I have I have no doubt that you probably have many warm leads and will will find exactly what you're looking for. But thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. I know your story is inspiring others and giving them great ideas. So so, William, let's talk about LinkedIn. Um, tell us like your quick hacks about going on to LinkedIn and and branding yourself in this in this nine minutes. Yeah, so let's first start with why LinkedIn is so critical, regardless of what your your role is. Um, we know today that in the job search process, you will be Googled and, and people will make decisions about you based on your Google identity. And in fact, there's a concept called digital first, which means that more often your first impression will be formed uh, based on what Google reveals rather than people meeting you directly. Oh, my so God, a reputation's that, depending on Google. <laughs> it, it's that important. And here's the, but here's the great news, right? So that scares a lot of people. They're like, oh, my gosh, I have to be on 12 different social media channels, and I have to be blogging every day, and how do I make it happen? And here's the good news. When somebody Googles you, it is highly likely that your LinkedIn profile will show up in one of the top three spots. We know that 62% of all the clicks go to those top three spots. So you only have one tool that you need to worry about, and that's LinkedIn. And LinkedIn gives you everything you need to build your brand. Your summary is your bio. It tells people not only who you are, not only what you do, rather, but who you are as well. Um, your experience, that's, that's the resume section of, of, of LinkedIn, right? Um, so... Uh, and then you have opportunities now to add multimedia if you have have written some publications, all of that kind of uh, content that helps to solidify in people's minds the value that you can deliver. All of that's an opportunity there at LinkedIn. The place where you want to focus is two things. You, you want to get the headline right. Think of your headline. It's 120 characters as the headline of an ad, right? It's the thing that's going to get people to either read more or not. Um, you want to make sure that you have a professional photo where 80% of the of the shot is your face so that people can really connect with you on a deeper, more emotional level. And you want to get the bio right. You have 2,000 characters for your bio. Uh, you want to use them to get people to want to know you. People want to work with people they know, like, and trust. And that helps uh, – the summary helps people – connect with you on that deeper level. So the good news is, is if you get Googled and you have a LinkedIn profile, that's probably what's going to come up first. <laughs> so that is very good news to hear. James in South Carolina, how can we help you? Welcome to Career Talk. Hi, thank you very much for taking the call. Can you hear me? We can hear you. All right, great. Um, I guess one of the things I, I wanted to parlay on one of the questions that uh, I guess someone had asked was, uh, how do I advise you know teenagers nowadays on what to do and, and what to major in. And, and parlaying on, on the other two gentlemen who, who chimed in, I, I actually started out in, in engineering too, so that's kind of funny. You but all anyway, had the same um, kind of counselor. <laughs> <laughs> so um, parlaying on, on that, I'm actually in graduate school now, uh, earning my MBA at 46 years old. So I would one of the things that, that I would that actually, and I have a 14-year-old son, so I have a teenager, and one of the things that I would actually tell uh, them to do is don't be afraid to take a job that that you know nothing about because you I, in, in my opinion you have to find out in life what you don't want to do 
before you really figure out what you really love to do. And if, you, if you're one of those one percenters that know exactly what you want to do as soon as you graduate from college, you know, God bless you, that's awesome. Um, I'm still not that person. I'm, I've gone back to graduate school now to, um, to further my career, but also, too, to open up new, new doors. But one of the things that I would definitely say is don't be afraid to take a job that you know nothing about. Learn as much as you can about the job. And then if it's not for you, take what you've learned and go to the next. But um, anyway, that's kind of uh, my two cents apart you know, with it. So thanks James, so much for taking the call. I can't, James, that's awesome. I cannot think of a better way to end this show and this specific topic. Um, well said. And good luck with your MBA and congratulations on all that you're doing. So, William, of course, as always, the <laughs> time flies by, and we are so excited to have you here and um, wish you all the best with your, your new book, Ditch, Dare, Do. Tell the listeners how they can reach you. Well, um, the, probably the easiest way to reach me is you can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, which uh, is what a lot of people do, and, and we can stay connected. Or you could just go to William Aruda. That's William, A-R-R-U-D-A dot com. And there's all kinds of contact information and valuable resources, or at least I think they're valuable. <laughs> I know they're valuable. So, and one last tip that we're going to shove in in the last uh, 11th hour, when you reach out to William or me or anybody, make sure you personalize that reach out. Say, hey, I heard you on Career Talk or however you connected with them. So thank you so much for listening today, William. You're awesome. Um, Patty and Dion, you guys rule. And for all of our listeners and callers, you are what makes the show. If you'd like more great advice, you can sign up for my weekly blog, dawnoncareers.com, or follow me on Twitter at Dr. Dawn Graham. And hey, if you want more great content, you should tune in this Monday when SiriusXM 111 is on the job for Labor Day, and I'll be hosting an all-day special of work and career-related favorites. So we will see you there. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111.